Hi everyone, welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel and I am back with another amazing story about New York City. And it is spooky season. (laughs) It is that time of year in New York City. And given the story that will be coming at you in just a few short minutes, I really felt I should round out this episode with just like a Halloween, scary, spooky theme. And even we all know I am not into that. Like I'm the biggest scaredy cat there is. I cannot handle a single horror movie or like, I don't know, sleeping with my door unlocked. I cannot handle any of it. But the story that's coming at you, just get yourself ready. And so I just wanted to have a theme for this whole episode. And it was perfect because last Friday on the Instagram stories, your request was for bars and restaurants that have a good Halloween decor. Now, of course, there's a bunch of places in the city ranging from, you know, like super, super Halloween inspired Times Square's type places that I will not be sending you to more like fall ones, but I've got a couple of good ones and I think you guys are going to like these. So let's go for the Rachel's Rex this week. Number one, Flying Fox Tavern in Ridgewood. And yes, I'm bringing you another Ridgewood place, but one, you need to go check out Ridgewood and two, Flying Fox Tavern on Woodward Avenue is specifically a horror themed bar 365 days a year. So when we're talking the Halloween buildup, This is like their Super Bowl. I don't know how else to describe it, but these are the people that are going to be doing it right now. This bar is decorated with Halloween style stuff all year long. But at this time of year, they really ramp it up. They always have horror and Halloween inspired cocktails. But at this time of year, they really ramp it up. And most importantly, the thing that I think is the absolute coolest is they have a costume contest and it runs for the whole month of October. It starts October 1st to October 31st. You can go in any day in any costume you want and the winner wins. Get ready for this. Two free drinks a day for an entire year. That is like, how fucking cool is that? It is just so awesome. They did it last year. I don't know who the winner was, but they did it last year. They brought it back this year. I mean, even if you're not super into Halloween, maybe you're just like on a budget and are thinking, wow, I could get all of my drinks for a year paid in New York City and not be wasting all of my money. Go put together a good costume. This could be the perfect place for you. So if you're looking for something fun to do for Halloween, if you're looking for decor, if you're looking for spooky drinks, any of those things, or you just want to Check in on your budget for the year of 2023 Flying Fox Tavern in Ridgewood. Okay, my second one is if you just want, you know, this this place is, I think the word I'm going to give it is over the top, but it's not in that freaky ass scary blood way, which I could never handle. It's in the more of the like fall-esque, but you know, there's pumpkins and it's, you know, We've got a shit ton of decor. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's Lorelei Beer Garden on the Lower East Side. It's on Rivington. They've got the skull decor outside. They've got pumpkin beer kegs filled up with beer. They've got specialty like, you know, witch brew cocktails. They've got it all. It's probably going to be wildly packed and all sorts of things like that. But if you are looking for the Halloween decor, if you want something a little spooky, Lorelei Beer Garden on the Lower East Side could be just the spot for you. Might not be a surprise for any of you guys. I probably won't be going to either of these. It's just the truth. I'm too scared. Even like the little stuff scares me. Uh, I will be dressing up on Saturday though in a wonderful costume and I will be posting it on our Instagram. So be on the lookout for that. Okay, those are our Rachel's Racks. And normally this is when I would say, I'm so excited for you guys to hear from this guest. But I think the verb I'm going to use today is I am 
terrified for you guys to hear from this guest and you will see why I mean I'm joking she's absolutely amazing incredible and wonderful just like every single guest I have let's get on to her titles here like most New Yorkers she's got a bunch of them she is a wine expert first and foremost she also happens to be the owner of an exceptional wine shop in Prospect Heights fermented grapes if you haven't been what are you doing you might run into me there at a wine tasting on a Friday most importantly in her list, and she has asked this to be the most important and final one, she is a lifelong New Yorker and she's not going anywhere. Please welcome to the show, Kilolo Strobert. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. A little nervous because this is not centered on wine, which is, that's new for me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to be nervous about here at They Had Fun. Yeah. It is all only focused on fun. So it's perfectly fine. And we can talk a bit about wine. Why not? It is your area of expertise. And as many of the listeners know, I am also obsessed with wine. Certainly not the level of expert that you are, but like we were saying, you own this incredible wine shop in Brooklyn. And most importantly, let's just point out, it is minority, it is female, it is black owned, all these great things that you should go support this shop. Why don't we talk a bit about, as you were saying, you know about wine. Let's let's get into your illustrious wine career. Where did it start? Why do you keep doing it? What's your favorite wine? Anything you want to tell us? Oh, I mean, the first time I had proper champagne, I was 16. Ooh. It was fun. We were bartending for one of my closest friend's parents, like 40th birthday or something. And it was like martinis and champagne. And we were old enough uh, to European standards, not American, you know, to be the bartender. <laughs> so we learned how to make the perfect martini. Damn, at 16? 16. And we were, and I have photo evidence of this actually okay we were serving Veuve Clicquot uh yeah that was my first like big time wine experience wow but I've been in hospitality world food and wine for about 25 years I went to culinary school and I have degrees in food marketing you know I was in food publishing I've worked in hotels I've worked in restaurants sales on the street walking around with those bags you know, trying to get oh. people to buy wine, um, retail, obviously, and uh, retail is where I really like to be. I like working in retail because, you know, if you work in a French restaurant, the wine list is French. If you work in an Italian restaurant, the wine list is Italian. I sell wine and have tasted wine from Uruguay, from Argentina, from Georgia, and they're making some kick-ass stuff. So, yeah. Oh, am I allowed to curse? I forgot. Of course, it's New okay. York City. We 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 welcome <laughs> all cursing and anything. That's what it's all about here. I mean, I there's so many great things that you're saying here, and I think number one off the top of my head is that, like many of New Yorkers, we have on this show. You have a multitude of hyphenates after your name, and it's interesting. I mean, we know you've landed in a specific world that you were happy to be in, but to go through all of these different elements, like you were saying, you went to school for it, you worked in restaurants, you worked now retail, you did every single side. And I think it's so great that you've landed somewhere where you feel so happy. And I think that really comes through in the store. Like you were saying, you have a range of options. I know everyone who comes in there loves talking to you, loves talking to the staff. They give great recommendations. I can't say this enough. Make sure you go check out for me grapes. The part that I find hilarious because this is sort of a storytelling show and I love hearing those things. I mean, you were drinking Bouffe Clicquot at age 16 and I was drinking wine coolers in a backyard. <laughs> I mean, I was drinking bottles of James too. 
you know, <laughs> like you were drinking that Boone's Farm and that, you know, and, and the, and the OEs, like I had my first OE experience when I was 16 up in the Bronx. Huh? So I, I'm, I'm with all that too. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I can think of mostly it's pivotal to you that moment. And that's why it stuck out because you were just drinking regular things like the rest of us who were kids and whatever anyone could get their hands on, but you had that moment. And that is where wine, like you said, put that stamp in your brain. And now it is your passion. And that's one of the greatest things about New York city. It can be hard. It can be difficult. It can be expensive, but you can work on your passion. You are the embodiment of that. As you were saying, you were drinking in the Bronx when you were 16. So I think it's a perfect way to lead us into our questions here because I think we're going to know the answer just given the intro. But let's go ahead and get started with the first one. And that is, of course, when did you move to New York? Okay, well, I'm native, hardcore. (laughs) If you're not from a borough, don't claim it that you are from the city. I'm sick of this argument. You have to be from a borough number one. I agree with you. There are five of them. Yes. So I rep Brooklyn hard. I'm from Crown Heights. That's it. Awesome. So that's the first thing. Yes. No, I mean, <laughs> listen, I totally agree with you. We have hard lines here at They Had Fun. Hard lines. I would never, ever say anyone is a native New Yorker unless they were born in these five boroughs. But I will do what you might not like. Let's see. I will let someone call themselves a New Yorker if they've lived here for a decade. The decade is a pass. Yes. Because you've gone through enough after 10 years, yeah. you've seen a lot. You've seen the flashers. <laughs> you've dealt with the neighbors, you know, the smells, the sounds, the scents. A decade is real. All those wonderful things of our city. As you are 100% right, you are a native New Yorker. You were born in Crown Heights. I would love to hear more about all of that, about growing up there. Was it a great neighborhood to grow up in? Did you wish you lived in Manhattan? Did you want to run away to college in some other state? How did you feel being a kid in New York City? I mean, it was it's the best place to grow up. Mm. It's the best place to grow up because, you know, you I had parents that were very much like we hop in the car and we go places. So I was one of those people that, you know, didn't just stay in that, my neighborhood for the first 12 to 15 years of their life. I was very lucky. My father is a musician. My mother was from Georgia. So I spent a lot of summers in the South. My growing up experience was extremely diverse. Um, My parents were educated and had a lot of different people that were friends. I was lucky in that way. Yeah. And uh, I'm drinking a little bit of wine because I felt like I needed to. So if I get a little lost or long winded, I'm sorry. Because I'm like, don't worry. What, what was I talking about? <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> I love that you're drinking a glass of wine, as you should. Yeah, I mean, I think you're saying about growing up, I think there's an element of like having the chance to get away, going down and seeing new family or friends or whatever, and having that ability and knowing like that love was always there and you wanted to go back. But also this idyllic, to me, I mean, I'm sure there was hard parts about all of it, but this idyllic childhood of different people. Look, I was born in the 70s, repping it. I love getting older. A lot of people don't. I love it. Oh, yeah. You know, growing up, there was crack. I remember like I pointed out a crack vial to my mom. She's going to hate that I say this, but you know, (laughs) hi, mom. And she was like, what's that? I was like, that's a crack vial. Like I knew what crack was and she didn't because we used to play in the park in Crown Heights and there were crack vials everywhere. Yeah. You just, you knew certain blocks, like you knew walking down Pacific, you walked down there during the daytime, not at nighttime. It, w- it was dangerous. It was fun. It was 
you know, you grow up with the concrete in your veins, as I say, when you're a native, like you have mm-hmm. the hustle mentality, you're born into it, that is unmatched, un- unrivaled, and you get shit done. Yeah, I mean, very much so. And I think it's important that you bring up stories like that, because for all of the saccharine I can bring to the show that I'm sure annoys the shit out of people, there are the realities of living in a city <laughs> such as this. There are, you know, all sorts of things, whether it's crack files, or if it's violence or whatever. And those are the things that we have understood as part of the bargain in living here. And there's no need ever to act as if they don't exist. It comes with part of the territory. Yeah. Yeah. I also just think that right now in the world that we live in, there's so many things that overshadow all of the good. And the reason why you have almost 9 million people that live in the city and people that are always coming here is because the good outweighs the bad here. And Mm -hmm. we can talk about like all that stuff. But part of the reason why your podcast is great is because you're talking about the fun that we have in this city and it outweighs the bad. (laughs) I don't care what anyone says. We always having fun here. Thank you for saying that. I mean, it makes me feel, gives me a little heart, a little stiff beat there because I feel the same way. The good always outweighs the bad, in my opinion. And that is why we're here to talk about the fun. We always have the second question, which is why did you move to New York again for you? You're here. You love it. Do you maybe want to touch upon why your parents came? Do you want to touch upon why you stayed besides the fact that you love it so much? What do you think? So I will say this, like some people are like, yo, you left. I left for almost two years. I went to San Diego two years I mean. <laughs> but this is the thing like I call myself a townie and they're like yo townies don't leave and I'm like even the Amish have rum springer mm-hmm. like give me a break <laughs> you know like sometimes you got to get out of dodge but you know what I'm saying like give me a break. I mean we've talked about it a lot on the show is these kids who grow up in New York City most times they feel like they need to get out a little bit they do they inevitably come back at least on our show the number of people I've spoken to huge percentage of them return and we understand why like we just said the good outweighs the bad yeah okay we know a little bit about your history here we know why you've stayed we know that you rep for new york very hard which i absolutely love so let's go ahead and get to our most important question of the show and that is of course kilolo what is the most fun you've ever had in new york city so as a teenager is when you start really exploring the city because you're in high school and you're going to high school in different places. And it could be very far away from where you live or it could be very close to where you live. I grew up in Crown Heights. I went to school on the Upper West Side. I did an hour commute. So that's two hours a day. Wow. That's a commute. A train represent or the two or three. So I'm talking about the 90s people. I'm not talking about early 2000s. I'm talking about the 90s. This is before cell phones. Perfect. Okay. Before the cellies, we still had pay phones on the street. And you didn't know it was going to rain because the forecast didn't tell you stay your behind home. It was just like, yeah, it's going to rain today. It didn't say it was going to be torrential, crazy, tornado-like downpour. Oh, no. So that happened while we were in school. And the trains flooded. And it was one of the first times we'd ever like been like, what do you mean the trains flooded? Like, what do you mean we can't get home? Like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just standing there like, how are we going to get home? Like, <laughs> And so if you lived in Manhattan, you just took a bus. If you lived in Brooklyn, that means you were taking like six buses so this happened and it was the day before i had to take the test to go to stuyvesant i was in private school and my parents were like you should try and and take this test now you're in private school and and save us some money and try to go to stuyvesant and i was like well no i don't want to go to stuyvesant but they were like you're taking this test so the night before the test oh my god this deluge of rain like descends (laughs) upon new york city 
And I was like, I'm not getting to Brooklyn. Like, I'm not getting home tonight. I'm not even trying. Like, this is a waste of time. So I called my mom. Oh, my God. And I was like, listen, I'm staying at my friend's house in Harlem. It's three of us from Brooklyn staying there. It was four girls. It's so funny because I want to say names. And every time I talk about these stories, I'm like, I, I cannot say names. But that's okay. Oh, my God. I'm very... We go up to Harlem. Wait, what'd your parents say? Were they just like, okay, make sure you do good on the test? No. Th- my father came. He came the next day to pick me up for the test. Okay. Suffice it to say, I failed. Okay. We'll jump that shark. <laughs> oh, my God. I failed that test because, <laughs> because of the story I'm about to tell you. Okay, sorry. You know, what teenagers are going to, like, go to sleep and have a good night before a standardized test, they would at their friend's house in Harlem hanging out. Like, now. Nah. <laughs> we go up to Harlem. We were like, yo, let's go get some Chinese food. So we went and we had Chinese food because I remember what I ate. I had chicken fingers and french fries with hot sauce and it was great. I can't believe you remember that. Yeah. Well, I'm a food person. Remember? So I remember. No, of course. Those, but... like, those are the things I remember. But, you know, it was $3.75. Yep. <laughs> and so it was like such a stormy night. It was raining. It was dark out. It was It was horrible. But at that time, in the 90s, Ouija boards were extremely popular. Mm. Extremely popular. Everyone got a Ouija board. We all had a Ouija board because we had this one girl that was super into them. And she had been playing with them for years with one of her best friends. I'm too much of a scaredy cat for that. Okay, <laughs> I'm getting nervous. So we're at our friend's house and we light candles and we just finished the chicken wings and the french fries and the <laughs> chicken and broccoli and the vegetable fried rice and all the fun stuff. And one of her friends was over who was older. He was in his 20s and he was a DJ. Oh. And he was super cool. We had hung out with him before. He, you know, so we knew him. So it was four girls and one guy. And we're in our friend's bedroom and lights are, it's storming. Like lightning, thunder, rain. Like it was, it was wild. This is a movie. So we start playing with the Ouija board and we're asking like the silly teenage questions. Like, who will I marry? And Mm -hmm. who does this person really like? And has this person gone to third base? Like whatever, whatever the hell you're asking, you know, (laughs) dumbness. And it gets kind of like serious. We're kind of like, oh, we really feel the tug of the eye you know that you move around so eventually we're like who's on the board like we ask the spirit who they are and this part i kind of remember the rest i really remember but i think it spelled out grandma and at the time we were like whose grandmother's on this board like both of my grandmothers were still alive and i was like well maybe it's a great grandmother and people were like well, we don't know we don't know and then it spelled out one of the oddest names i've I, i've ever seen because we were like what's your name We spell it out and we're like, what the fuck? Like, whose name has an X in it or something? It was like very weird sounding. And we turn around and one of our friends is like crying, tears streaming down her face. She was like, that's my grandmother's name because she was Chilean. And so had one of those native Chilean Indian spellings. And she's like, really, no one knows how to spell her name. We just spelled that name. Like, I remember she was, like, losing her shit. And we were like, yo, it's okay. Like, your grandmother's here. That's the bomb. But we were also, like, shook. Oh, my God. We didn't know shit. We were like, wait, what? We just spelled out your grandma's name? That's, like... Very distinct name. Very distinct. Yeah. Like, there's no going back from... Yeah. Like, no one... There was no Google, people. Remember, there's no cell phones. Yes. (laughs) The internet was not happening. Like, that was not a thing. You had a Commodore... 
or Apple IIe, you would hit, no, um, it's a little past Commodore's Apple IIe's, but close. Like, you know, you were hitting it, right? <laughs> no one had a laptop next to them being like, what's good? So she's crying. She's crying, like crying. And this girl's from Brooklyn, hard, always defended herself. She was tough as nails, you know, but she had emotions. We'd seen her cry before, but I was like, whoa, like she's, this is real right here. So after we like calm her down and everything, remember there's a guy there and he's in his 20s and he's older. He was like a DJ, I think. He's like, I don't believe this bullshit. Fuck y'all, blah, 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 blah. And we were like, oh, you don't believe this? So we we're like, all right, ask a question. You don't believe in this, ask us the question. And he's like, all right, I'll ask a question. How did my mother die? Stop. And we were like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> okay. Now, Remember, we don't know this person in an intimate way. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. know his mom had passed away, blah, blah, blah. And even my friend whose house we were in, she was like, wait, what? Okay. So we asked the board. The eye starts flying, like moving. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, God. And it spelled out murder. Yeah, yeah, your face is real. It spelled out murder. And we were like, the silence... All the lightning, the candles, the thunder, everything happening. It felt like silence, like it was suffocating. The room was thick. And we were like, what did we just spell out? Like, you could see it in our faces. Like, nah, can't be. And then it was like clockwork. We all looked at him and he had tears coming down. I just, oh my God. It was like, no one knows that. What in the fuck? Like, tripped out. This is a grown ass man crying and we're sitting there like "Ooh, what did we do what and so we immediately just said goodbye on the board we like forced ourselves out i have not touched the ouija board since uh yeah because of that night and yeah we were drinking beer and we were eating our chinese food but it was storming thundering lightning candles lit it was like the perfect storm for communication through the underworld. It was a fun night because I was with my friends and I was hammered and we had Chinese food and we played with the Ouija board and we were like, what? Can't wait to tell our friends this the next day. And I failed the Stuyvesant test and it was great. But <laughs> it was just, it's one of those nights where you're like, shit is real. You're in a brownstone in Harlem, you know? Wild. <laughs> You have taken us on a journey because you are 100% correct. This is, I mean, it sounds like a movie. Like, I feel like I'm like getting goosebumps right now. I'm very scared. I'm such a baby. And it sounds like some movie perfectly at Halloween with all these girls making mistakes and getting drunk. But it is 100% so fun. And I love knowing how you feel about New York City and knowing for a fact the times you have had here and all of these years and that memory sticks out in your head of being young. It's a sleepover with my friends and getting the actual shit scared out of you for your life that you're like, I will never forget this moment. And like you said, you were in a brownstone in Harlem and it was in New York City. I'm scared. That's (laughs) Yeah, like... We were all like, who has to use the bathroom? Let's go. And that was like right next door. And we were like, uh, are we going into that dark hallway? No. <laughs> like, it was wild. It was wild. And then the cherry on top is... 
<laughs> I failed the test. It was great. <laughs> I, I mean, I, obviously, who's going to pass that test after a night like that? Come on. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Wow. Today, you have brought not only the fun, not only the New York City, uh, but the paranormal. And that is something <laughs> we have not had before on this show. Okay, now I have to find my terrible transition into asking you the last question. But knowing how much you love it here, knowing how you firmly believe that the good outweighs the bad, I have to ask you my last and final question of the show. And that is, of course, what is your favorite thing about New York City? I think that's really easy to answer, actually. And I would just say the diversity there's a representation of every single thing in New York. It doesn't matter. Any kind of like regional something, you're going to find it here. Mm -hmm. You're going to find your people. And even if the food is bad, it's good. Because if you make it here, that means the representation of what you're doing has to be no joke. And that's the thing. Like if you want Uzbeki food, you can go to places in Coney Island. If you want Asian food, there's so many places. If you want... Ethiopian, if you want Indian, or if you just want to experience certain cultures. I think that's what's great about New York. Plain and simple, folks, the diversity and no matter what form it comes in, the humans, the food, the neighborhoods, anything at all. It's a wonderful thing to love about New York City. It's one of the best things about New York City. And I can completely understand why it is your favorite thing about New York City. Kilolo, thank you for scaring the absolute shit out of me. We'll see if I can go to bed tonight and for telling us all of your stories about New York City. But thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really, really love talking to you. I cannot wait to come into your store and drink some wine with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll we'll drink in the booth where we do tastings every Friday from 6 to 8. Come, have fun. We hang out. It's a good time. See you there in a few days. Sounds good to me. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Most of all, thanks, New York. They had fun.